morning and welcome to our daily word and prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today. So get into the word of God, talk about it, pray over it, and allow it to change our lives. The, the word of God is powerful, is it not? We are looking at some of my favorite places in the land of Israel. This morning we'd like to look at what is this rock that Jesus was talking about? What's Caesarea Philippi and what are these gates of hell? Let's start by reading in uh, Matthew chapter 16. Jesus had brought his disciples up to a place called Caesarea Philippi. Now, you got to understand, Caesarea Philippi was out of the it was out of the normal path for Jesus. It was way north of Galilee in the upper northern part of Israel, at least a 30-mile walk out of the way, and it was a terribly pagan place. It would be like, you think of the most sinful cities in in America. I don't know which ones you would think of, but maybe Hollywood or Las Vegas or somewhere like this. It's like Jesus took his people to this place, and he had an important lesson to teach them. This is one thing about Jesus. He made tremendous use of where he was at. And he would take them to certain places that would leave a, a mark upon them, that they would remember they, t- they learned this at a certain location, and the location was significant. Caesarea Philippi was where there was a, Herod had built this, the, the Greeks had built it earlier, but Herod had his place as one of his um, um homes there, and he lived there. There were several Herods, and this was an evil one. They were all evil. But what happened here is there was a temple to the Greek god Pan. Maybe you've seen pictures of Pan before. He was like half goat. The lower part of him was a goat. The upper part of him was a human, but he had uh, a lot of goat head in his head. He was this wicked pagan god that they believed would bring fertility. And in Caesarea Philippi, there was the, the Greeks had long ago built this temple to Pan, quite elaborate. And people would go there seeking fertility, and it ended up being grossly immoral, debauchery, the, the pagan activities, the worship they would do. It was a filthy, sick, disgusting place that would, uh, an axe that would go on there. I can't go into it in detail here on this video, but it was pretty disgusting. We would find it revolting. And Jesus took his disciples there. Now, that's really interesting. Why would he do that? What was in his mind to take, I mean, he was the the son of God. Remember, people would be upset when Jesus, like a prostitute, would come up and and wash it. He'd even talk to her, let alone let let her wash his feet. And here he takes the disciples to a place that's disgusting and filled with pagan worshipers that were involved in disgusting activities in their worship. And here was Jesus brought them right up there and he asked the question. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? It's a common question even to this day. People, you know, still it's a big and important question. Who do, everybody's got opinions about who Jesus is. And that day, well, some say you're John the Baptist or Elijah, one of the prophets. Jesus asked a more important question. But who do you say, he asked, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, 
you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, this was a very significant answer. We think of, you know, Christ as being, well, yeah. I mean, Jesus, I mean, of course he's Christ. We've grown up knowing this. I joke that I used to think maybe he was, that was his last name. He was a son of Joseph and Mary Christ. But no, it's not his last name. It's his title. And his title is the Messiah, the Christ. The, that's Greek for Messiah, or which would have been the Hebrew word that we would come from. It means the anointed one of God, the one that God sends to bring salvation, the one that God sends to bring the kingdom of God, the one that the Father sends to, to basically redeem mankind and heal what was lost, restore what was lost in the Garden of Eden, what was forfeited there. Now, this was quite a statement for Peter to have made. If he was wrong, the disciples should have picked up stones and stoned him. It would have been blasphemy. Ultimately, isn't this what they did crucify him for? Because he, they said, you just being a man claim, make yourself out to be God. And that's essentially what Peter was claiming there because he understood that the Messiah meant that he would be the Son of God. And he said that, you're the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. What was Jesus' response? Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, or son of Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say that you're Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Now there's the, this passage is so rich with meaning here. The church, for instance, Jesus said, I will build my church. The church means a called out group of people. The church is not composed of a building. It's composed of the people that Jesus has called to himself, the people who've answered that call and become the followers of Jesus Christ. We are a peculiar people, it says in the King James Version of Titus. We are a unique people. We're not no longer of the world, Jesus said. We're still in the world, but we're no longer of the world. We have a different identity. We march to a different drummer. We're on the path of life now, whereas we were on the path of destruction. We are the people of God. I will build my church. How do you build the church? How does he build my church? his church? Upon this rock. Now, what was the rock? It's very interesting here. If we look, he said, you are Peter, and upon this rock, I'll build my church. There's a little play on words here. The word Peter was the word Petros, P-E-T-R-O-S. It simply meant a stone. But he says upon this rock, the word rock is Petra, P-E-T-R-A. And it means a large boulder, a bedrock. And so he's saying, you are Petros, and upon this Petra, I will build my church. Now, a lot of people, and the Catholics, believe that the rock upon which the church is built is Peter. And in the simple, you, if, you, if you don't translate this properly, you don't realize what's being said here, you can see why they can be mistaken there. But know that there's a, there's a bedrock, Peter's a stone, there's a bedrock upon which the church is built. What is that bedrock? I believe it's the confession of Peter, what he had just said. The acknowledgement, the confession or profession of faith that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's what Peter had said. 
That's what it means to be part of the church. The declaration of who Jesus is and the embracing of him as the Christ. That's upon what the church is built upon. Isn't that fascinating? To come to the true knowledge, the true understanding, and not just say that, yeah, Jesus Christ, I believe in Jesus Christ, but to grasp what this means, that he is the Messiah. Upon this rock, upon this recognition, I will build my, my group. That's what the church is, my, my people. And then he says, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Now, what's interesting here is this at Caesarea Philippi, there was a cave with a water in it and a river flowing from it, and it was right next to the Temple of Pan, and people believed that the that Pan and other pagan gods would go down into Hades, the netherworld, through this cave, through this watery cave, the cave which they thought had no bottom to it. They believed they would go down there in the winter time and come back again in the spring. And so when Jesus was saying the gates of Hades will not prevail against it, he would or not overpower, he was standing right at the very place that people believed were the gates to Hades, the gates to the netherworld, the gates to the underworld. And he was declaring, I'm going to be building my church from people right here. People who would be coming to this place. And we're going to go to these gates and we're going to rescue people and we will prevail. See, gates are a place of protection. He's saying the church will be on the march. The church is going to go rescue people from here. The church is going to be, we're going to these gates. And, and, there, and we're going to capture people. We're going to rescue people. We're going to save people. The church of God would be built largely on people who previously were worshiping false gods, idols, pagans. We don't reject them. We go rescue them. And we, and we prevail. The church of God was meant to win. My friends, remember this. You are a believer in Jesus. And when you're around unbelievers, have that, I call it a little bit of spiritual swagger. Have that sense, our God is the great God. Our God is the true God. Our God is the one that will prevail. And these false gods, and understand, my goodness, when Jesus was there in Caesarea Philippi, he was, they were vastly outnumbered. They're just him and his disciples. There were probably thousands of pagan worshipers there. Herod was there. They might have thought, don't say too loud. We don't want, we don't want him to hear some of what you're saying about them and their God and their religion. But Jesus taught it, and he said, listen, we, we're bringing the kingdom of God. We're rescuing people out of the world. We're going for it. My friends, this is the spirit of Jesus Christ. It is not passive. Jesus did not Jesus did not call us to just only let our light shine as important as that is. He was on a rescue mission. He came to seek and to save the lost. And he didn't just go to the lost that were friendly to him and would he thought would receive. He went to the gates of Hades and said we're going to we're going we're going all the way. We're going to take even the worst of the worst. 
and we're going to win the Christ. What a, what a grace that is. Some of you may be like that. I know some of you who tune into this live stream each day. You've come from a pretty bad background. You are a trophy of God's grace. You are a model that the gates of hell don't prevail. You're a model. You're an example of God saving lost sinners. Rejoice in that. Don't let the devil torment you with your past or with accusations. No, no, no. You remember, you are a trophy of God's grace. You are exactly what Jesus was talking about here. When he's rescued you, you confess that he's the Christ, and he's building his church on people like you and like me. What a glory this is, and what an invitation to others to come and be involved. Jesus, I think, is saying here, be courageous. Taking his disciples where he took them. Would it, I mean, these were if these were holy men, this would have been kind of a scary place, kind of a defining place. Probably they had to walk around with their, I'm not going to look to the right or the left. I'm not going to look at that. There was a lot of, of disgusting, I don't know if they would have been there right when you know, some of these things were occurring, but he took them into basically the cesspool of sin and said, we will prevail. Friends, never give up on somebody either. You might know someone who seems really lost, and they really are lost, but don't give up on them. Jesus says the gates of Hades won't overpower. Paganism will not overpower. False religions won't overpower. We're going to overpower. Amen? Father, we thank you for this message, the wisdom, the courage that Jesus demonstrated. We confess today that we believe, Jesus, you are the Christ the Son of the living God. You are the hope of this world. You are the rescuer. You take people from darkness to light. You take them from the domain of darkness to the kingdom of God. You, you transfer us from the path of destruction to the path of life. You take lost sinners and you make them clean and holy and pure. And we thank you. This is through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's not through our works or efforts. It's something that we receive of your goodness and your mercy and your love. And we thank you. It's open to anyone. Oh, Lord, I thank you for how you've saved us. Thank you for how you've saved each one listening here today, I believe. And I thank you, Lord, that your message of salvation, it goes to anyone because your arm is not so short that it cannot save. Your ear is not so dull that it cannot hear. And all a person needs to do is truly call upon you and you're abounding in mercy. You've made the way through Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus, we ask you to infuse us with a boldness that believes that no matter what we face, no matter what opposition, persecution, no matter what powers of this world will come against us, to believe that the gates of Hades will not prevail. We don't believe they will. We believe that we are the overcomers through Jesus Christ. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith in you. So we bless you today. We give you this day to walk with you in grace and glory and power and love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey folks, thanks so much for being with me today. We're here every day. We don't want to just be once a week, once a month, once a year, or when I just feel like a Christians. We realize we're in a spiritual battle, so we prepare ourselves every day. 
We put on the armor of God. We stand firm in the truth of God. We remind ourselves of the truths of God. You might hear some things new. You might hear some things you've heard before, but we need to hear them every day to be strong and filled with faith. So I hope you join me. If you're new, subscribe, hit the notify button, tell your friends, tell me, like the video and leave a comment below where you're from. If you're here every day, God bless you. I trust God is strengthening you and making you a stronger Christian. Again, tell your friends, let's build this channel. Let's build our community. So thanks for being with me. And until we meet tomorrow, my God bless you, strengthen you, help you walk in this overcoming uh, life. Because remember, the gates of Hades, the false gods, the false powers will not overcome his church. Amen. God bless you, and we'll see you tomorrow.